Today, we're going to be looking at and continuing our series. Uh, as you know, this today is the, the first day of what we call Holy Week. It's from today, Palm Sunday, as known as, to Resurrection Sunday or Easter uh, next Sunday. And we want you to know that during the week, we are going to be posting short devotional uh, videos uh, each and every single day that correspond with, with that day in the week in the life of Jesus when, during that Holy Week. So look for that on social media. And today, we're gonna, as we look at the, the event that launches Holy Week, which is Palm Sunday, there is a kingdom principle contained in there that is our focus today. So if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to open up to the Gospel of Matthew. We're looking at uh, chapter 21. Chapter 21, and we're going to begin reading in verse 1. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey uh, and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. That's where we get the palm part. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the, high, in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from, uh, from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, I'm going to turn quickly over to the Gospel of Luke, who also records this event, chapter 19. I'm just going to read a few verses beginning in verse 32. So that's Luke 19, beginning in verse 32 through 35. Those who were sent ahead and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. So notice uh, Luke records the event where now the disciples actually showed up and as they were untying the coat, the owners spotted them and said, what, are, what is it that you're doing? Why are you untying the coat? So Jesus now has planned, has purposed to come into Jerusalem in such a way so as to fulfill 
the prophetic word that was spoken through the prophet Zechariah. In the Old Testament, if you're taking notes, Mark Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Zechariah 9, 9. There you will find this prophetic word. What that means is this prophet, uh, Zechariah, he foresaw. He saw what was going to take place in the future. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God revealed to him uh, and showed him a picture of what would take place in the future. And Zechariah recorded. It. That's what we that's what we call a prophetic word or a prophecy. And so Zechariah records this hundreds of years before that the king would enter into Jerusalem riding on the colt of a donkey, and that the people would shout out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so Jesus now is is planned or his purpose to come into Jerusalem in this fashion, which, by the way, is the first time Jesus has ever openly displayed who he is. So Jesus now plans all of this, but to accomplish his purpose, Jesus had to send two of his disciples ahead of him and say, you got to go into the head and you're going to find uh, this donkey and its colt uh, that, that's tied up untie it and bring it to me. And so the two disciples do that and they go and they find everything exactly as Jesus said they would find it. And they begin untying it. And sure enough, the owners are saying, why are you untying the colt? And they, their response was what Jesus told them to say. You tell them the Lord needs them. And so they did. And amazingly, the owner said, Okay, and so they bring uh, the, the donkey and the colt back to Jesus. They put Jesus on the colt, and, and now he begins to enter into Jerusalem, and all praise is, is coming forth to the measure that Jesus is now being praised by the whole crowd, and the whole city becomes a stir. And people who are unfamiliar with who he is are saying, Who is this person? What is going on? And those in the crowd that knew who Jesus was said, Hey, this is Jesus from Nazareth, the prophet from Nazareth. And Jesus was now able to fulfill this prophetic word that had taken place so many years before he was even born. Now, as always, I like to break down the scriptures as to what took place so that we understand that, and then we segue into the connection to you and I. What's the connection to this scripture to you and I? How does, how does it apply to our life today? And what is this kingdom principle that we, we're going to discover in this word. Now, normally speaking, on Palm Sunday, you would probably hear a message about the importance of praising the Lord. Uh, and, but today, the, the, the message that God has given me for all of us here and all of us that are watching uh, on, through social media, uh, I want to look at and focus on what made this event possible. What, what transpired that enabled Jesus Christ to fulfill this prophetic word? The connection 
to you and I are the unnamed owners. See, you and I today are represented in this portion of scripture by the unnamed owners. And the donkey and its colt, and by the way, there's a few in the crowd, I won't name them, but uh, they often help out, and for years, every time I would say donkey, they would make fun of me and my accent, uh, but I am pronouncing it correctly. Midwesterners don't know how to pronounce it correctly, <laughs> but New Yorkers, we know the proper English. Arishel, did I say that right, Arishel? <laughs> Mark, where are you guys? We're good now? Donkey? The donkey and its colt now symbolize our possessions. Remember, the unnamed owners, that's you and I, they represent us, and the unnamed owners had a donkey and its colt, its fold. And that symbolizes or represents our possessions. And notice that the Lord needed to use the unnamed owner's possessions to fulfill prophecy, to accomplish God's purpose. And that word needed there really means required. Jesus Christ required the, the possessions of the unnamed owner. He required to use the donkey and, the, and its fold in order to fulfill God's purpose and the, and the prophetic word. Now, again, we're in this series called Kingdom Principles, and for the benefit of those who may not understand what we're talking about, well, a kingdom principle is a spiritual law that governs the kingdom of God. You know, we live in America, and there are laws that govern America, that govern our society, right? Well, in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God also has laws. There are spiritual principles that govern the kingdom of God. And by governing the kingdom of God, I'm talking about the people of God. If we are Christians, if we have invited Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior into our hearts, then we are citizens of the kingdom of God. So if we are citizens of the kingdom of God, then we must structure our lives around these kingdom principles. If we don't structure our lives over these kingdom principles, then we cannot please our king. We will be violating his laws. And so we've been in this series using the gospel of Matthew because the gospel of Matthew is known as the gospel of the king. He elevates uh, Jesus Christ as the king of the Jews. He, he is our king this morning. And so this, our lives have to be structured around these kingdom principles in order to live a life that is pleasing to God, to be in the will of God. And so here's today's kingdom principle that we want to look at for all of us that have embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior. Listen, all possessions must be used to fulfill God's purposes. Everything that is in your possession must be used to fulfill God's purpose. 
In Luke chapter 14, Jesus was talking to people, and in verse 33, he said this, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, come on, say everything with me, everything. I know I really can't hear you too well because uh, you got, you got your, your mask on. What do you have to give up? Everything. If you do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Wow. That is serious talk coming from Jesus. In order to be a disciple, which is a follower of Christ, in order to truly be a Christian, because, you know, come on, let's be straight. We can call ourselves Christians, but that doesn't mean that we are. Right? We've got to, our living has to demonstrate that. So Jesus is saying, in order for you to be a follower of Christ, in order for you to be truly a, a, a disciple, a Christian, you must give up everything you possess. And by give up, meaning you must surrender it all to God. Otherwise, you cannot be his disciple. Giving up all of our possessions. So let's look at that. Because that's what today's message is all around. A few thoughts that I wanted to share with you this morning from this text. Number one, listen, God knows all that we possess. It sounds simple, but it's important that we lay that out. And by possessions, um, let, let, let me give you a uh, uh, an example of what we're talking about. Possessions are the time that you possess. Every one of us possesses 24 hours in a day. No more, no less. But we look at possessions as something really important. My time is important to me. Therefore, I'm going to make sure that I utilize my time the way I see fit. I'm not going to waste my time. See, time is a, is a possession for us. Right? Talents are a possession. God has uniquely gifted every single person in this room. Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell them, you're talented. Some of us are talented to cause trouble. Boy, God, God broke the bank when he gave me that talent. Right? We all have a talent. Pastor Jason has a talent to not just to sing, to not just to play the keyboard. He has a talent to lead us in worship. See, in just one thing, I, I named three talents that are in his life. We all have. Some of us have talents to be able to work with, to teach children. Some of us have talent to nurture and love on babies in the nursery or to usher, to work in the parking lot ministry. Some of us are very gifted. This church, can I say something very transparent and honest here? There would be no church without Pastor Tom. Yes, Come on, where is he? There he is. He's hiding in the sound booth. Pastor Tom, would you just stand? People can't see you. I need you to stand. Back there. See, he won't even stand. He has a talent for being disobedient, too. You have to pray for my staff. A lot of them have that talent. But he is so gifted on knowing how to work with electricity, electronics, and just, he's got this brain. And I thank God for that. 
So we have talents, our material resources, the money that is in our pocket, the, the, the food that's on our table, the possession, our car, our home, whatever, all of those material resources. So it's time, it's talent, it's material resources. All of that is comprised when we're talking about possessions. And Jesus said, you got to give it all up if you want to be my disciple. you got to surrender it all to God if you want to be my disciple. See, the reason why God knows all that we possess is because they all come from his hand. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. You see, you didn't get yourself that job. God got it for you. The place where you live, God gave you that. The money that's in your pocket, God gave you that money. Oh, but my pastor, I earned this, I earned this. No, you didn't. See, because God gives you breath, doesn't he, every day? God gives you strength. God gives you everything that you need to do what he's called you to do. It all comes from his hands. I know that you think Christmas is a time that, boy, there's gifts underneath the tree that you get from loved ones, but those gifts come from God because God put it in the heart of the loved one to get you that. As God's putting it into my wife's heart to get me what I want. And I thank God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And speaking of my wife, it wasn't my handsome features that got me my wife. I know that's hard to believe. It wasn't my rap, even though my rap is strong. God bless her. In fact, I've shared this so many times to demonstrate my point. The very first day I saw her was at a friend's wedding reception. And at that moment, the Spirit of God said, that is the woman that's going to be your wife. And she has been by my side for 42 years now. See? And so, whenever... I, and, you know, I, and listen, it works both ways. I'm God's gift to her. I often have to remind her that when she's yelling at me. But you get where I'm coming from? All the things that we possess, they've all come from God's gracious hand. And so God knows all that we possess. Here's the second thing. God knows what possessions are tied up? Remember, he told them, you're going to go into the town and you're going to find this donkey and its colt that's tied up. By tied up, it means, and what it means to you and I means idle. It means not in current use for the master, for the king. See, God knows all the possessions that we are currently having that are not being used for his purposes. He knew the donkey and his coat was tied up, not being used. He knows when our talents are not being used for his purposes. He knows when 
our resources are tied up. And I'd love to help with missions and, and support missions, but you know, I got these other responsibilities and these other things that I want to see accomplished. Oh, because I'm saving for this. God knows when the gifts that he has put into our possession are tied up, are not being used for his purposes. A question that as we progress in this message, you need to ask yourself, not about your neighbor, but about you personally. What do you possess that is currently tied up? Are all your talents being used for God's purpose? Are all the resources that God has put in your possession being used for God's purposes? God knows all that we possess. He knows what possessions are tied up. And God requires, here's number three, God requires all our possessions to fulfill his purposes. Now, think about this for a moment. He's God. He truly doesn't need or require anything. He's God. But God has chosen to fulfill his purposes here on the earth through you and I. God has chosen to say, I, I want to accomplish some great things in Belmont Assembly, but in order to do that, I am going to use, I'm going to restrict myself to, to working through the people of Belmont and the things that I have blessed them with, the possessions that they own. Although I don't need it, I have chosen to fulfill my purposes on the earth through them. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary, to accomplish the extraordinary. And you and I, listen, because here's where uh, I think we, we get tripped up. We have to avoid, we must avoid the trap to decide which possessions God can use and which ones he can't. I've often had hear people talk about this, and, and, and as a pastor, listen, I respect everybody's decision because you're going to stand before God and have given account to God for what you've done while you were here on the earth, and you'll be able to point a finger at anybody else, and I'm going to be the same way, and so my responsibility before God for all of us is to say, this is what the Bible teaches us. This is what God is saying to us. Now, every one of us has to make a decision as to, are we going to honor that? Are we going to implement that kingdom principle into our life? And somehow, sometimes we say, well, you know what? I will give my time, but I am not going to give my money. In other, words, we, in other words, we make decisions what possessions God can use and what possessions he can't. And remember the words of Jesus. Let's look at it again. Luke chapter 14, verse 33. In the same way, those of you who do not give up what? Come on, see, now you got weak on me again. I want to hear it. Everything. You cannot be my disciple. 
You see, in the kingdom of God, there's this dynamic kingdom principle that governs the kingdom of God. That all who want to be citizens of the kingdom of God must give up everything for the master, for the king of kings, for him to use as he sees fit. And the problem is we believe the lie somehow that if we surrender to God, then we are going to live a life of poverty. We're going to be a pauper. We're not going to be able to enjoy life. Oh, our life as we know it is going to be over. We believe all those lies. And so we get convinced that, well, God can have this, but he can't have that. Pastor, I would love to, to serve in a ministry. But you see, I, I, I work 40, sometimes 50 hours a week in a very demanding job. And I, I'm tired. And I get home. And then I got the wife and the kids. And I got all of that kind of stuff. I, I just don't have the energy, the time. I need some time for myself. And so we begin to evaluate and say, you can have this, Jesus. There are some of us, believe it or not, I'd rather give my money than give my time. And again, listen, we will take your money. <laughs> we will take whatever you give to God, whether it's your time, your resources, your talents. You want to serve in ministry only once a month? We'll take it. But you see, the one that loses out is you, not us. See, we are the ones that have to stand before the Lord. And I, I, my charge before God is hopefully that you will hear what God is saying. The Lord needs them. The Lord needs them. What does that mean? Here's my fourth point. It's not about quality or quantity. It's about availability and willingness. You see, because people would say, well, I'm not Pastor Jason. I don't have the talents that he has. Well, listen, if you don't have the talents to sing, please don't try to sing. Don't ask to join the worship team. Okay, we understand that. This is not what we're talking about. But what winds up happening is we uh, do our own self-evaluation and we think that, well, I have really nothing to offer. I have nothing substantial that I can do. I don't know of any talent, so I don't know if I should get involved because what can I do? I am a firm believer. If you ask the Holy Spirit what you can do, he will tell you. He will tell you. There is no such thing in the kingdom of God as someone who has no talent and therefore can't be used. We all have a gift from God to be used for God's purpose. And it's not even about how much you give. It's about the availability, meaning I want to give it all to God. I'm willing to do whatever God wants me to do with what God's put in my possession. I mean, because you look at it. Jesus used the cult of a donkey. He didn't ride into Jerusalem in a stallion like most kings would have come in. A white stallion, you know, a steed in there. But Jesus knew, 
my purpose is to fulfill the plan of God. And the plan of God was that prophetic word that I would come into Jerusalem on a, the foal of a donkey. You know, there's things that God accomplishes as already purposed and planned, and they don't require a Billy Graham to preach. They require just you to share what God's called you to share. And some of them, well, I don't have anything that I could say. Yes, you do. Don't minimize the importance of what you have to offer. If Jesus can use the cult of a donkey, he could use you and I. He could use our talents. He could use our resources, however uh, small they may be. God uses the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. Please remember that. What we possess may not be much, but when we put it in the hands of the Lord, oh my, how he can accomplish great things through them. Two more points and then we're done. When we all possess, and when all that we possess is available, number five, listen, for the Lord to use, people will praise God. People will praise God. God will use our possessions to lift up his name to the measure that people will praise him. People will praise God for the way you clean the building. People will praise God for the way you take care of their baby. People will praise God for the way you serve them when they're coming in and we're providing a, a box full of food to bless them with. People will praise God for what we do. See, there's nothing insignificant in God's kingdom. And it's all designed so that the name of Jesus is lifted high and glorified. And that leads me to my last point. Worship team, if you would come. Listen, last point. These unnamed owners, we need to realize that it's not about recognition. It's about Jesus Christ being praised. To this day, no one knows who these owners were. We don't have their names. All we know about them is they possess something that they allowed the Lord Jesus Christ to use. And they got, he got glorified through it. He got praised through it. See, what we do when God uses us, it's not about people recognizing us. We should remain unnamed. It's, it, in, in the kingdom of God, only one name gets praised. Jesus Christ. The name of a church should never be praised. The name of a pastor should certainly never be praised. This is not about us. It's about the name that's above every other name. The name of Jesus Christ. So we're talking about the Lord needs them. If somebody questions you, what are you doing with that? Here's how what you tell them. The Lord needs them. Listen to me. Whatever resources you have, whatever's in your possession, the Lord needs them. The Lord needs them. The Lord needs them. The Lord needs them. 
Listen to me, those of you who are watching social media. Whatever possessions God has blessed you with, the Lord needs them. He wants to use them to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that he is praised and glorified. Kingdom principle for today. All possessions must be used to fulfill God's purpose.